everybody, and welcome to the Path to Good podcast. This is VIP Disconnects podcast about how we're making our company an even better place to work. And as you know, this new season, we've really been talking about the evolution of our company. And uh, there's a lot changing in the world. There's a lot changing in our industry. So we've made some pretty big changes with our global expansion. And we want to kind of talk you through that today and cover that, because if you're thinking about expanding globally, there are a lot of things to consider. And one thing we really wanted to uh, keep was our great culture as we continue to expand. So I'm joined with my regular co-hosts, Maggie and Sally. Welcome. Hey, Jen. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hello. And we also have a special guest today. Uh, from our team, we have Liz Rodriguez, and she's really been helping us lead this global expansion. So she's going to join us today to talk about her experience. So welcome, Liz. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So I think just to get started, like I said, we, wa- we're, we wanted to expand globally, and we had a lot of considerations to think through because we wanted to also be able to keep our culture. So maybe, Sally, we could start by just talking about some of the considerations that we had when we were thinking about where and how and if and what were what was the thought process of our global expansion yeah well thank you uh jen and i'm excited we have liz so thanks liz for joining um you know i think for us i think the primary uh objective was really to be able to offer clients options beyond the u.s borders and we know Uh, We have a long history with staffing in the U.S. across 40 states, and we're not abandoning that. That was never part of our our desire to do that. But I think with the technology evolving, COVID certainly helped change the equation um, outside of the U.S. in different markets as well. So I think when we looked at how are we going to do this, what are our options, we weighed them out um, from... And first of all, I'm assuming everybody knows, but if you don't, we have been uh, primarily a remote uh, structured operation. And literally, that's been all I've known for the last 20 years. Before that, and that's going back to the beginning of time, we had experience (laughs) with (laughs) centralized contact centers, as has Liz and many, and both of you as well. But when we... um, we started looking at how do we set up in the Philippines to start, we were really looking at, do we want to open a centralized contact center for our team or is there another alternative? And we quickly found that yes, just like in the U S and thanks to COVID, there are communities where people desire the same kind of flexibility that team members in the U S Uh, desire. And we had warnings. So Mm -hmm. the warnings sounded like this, you know, you're going to run into connectivity problems, you're going to run into distribution of equipment, there's different labor laws. And oh, by the way, people really like to be together. So we had warnings, and we did it anyway. So we said, okay, we're going to go global, but we're going to hang on to our culture, which is what we're talking about today. And we're going to hang on to our remote model because we know it so well. And we think that we can bring flexibility to team members globally in markets where there is good connectivity, in markets where there is a match with skill set and quality, because everybody knows we're very focused on uh, serving uh, 
customers with a elevated customer service experience. So that matters. And really putting it together has so far, can't wait to hear what Liz says, but so far has been a good fit, meaning identifying markets where there's been existing centralized contact centers offshore and where those individuals may have had very, very lengthy commutes, we've been able to offer them the flexibility that we offer team members here in the U.S. So, you know, that is just the beginning of the foundation for how to build a global culture. But that those are a few of the things that weighed into our decision process. Thank you, Sally. I think that's the only time anyone has ever said thanks to COVID. So it was it was a it was a, a lot of stuff that we took into consideration. And one of the other things that we considered as do we set up our own entity there? Do we and you might be thinking about this too? Do you outsource? Do you partner with a company that's already there? And another option is to use a global employer of record. And so that's the option that we decided to go with. I think a lot of that was so that we could really have control of our culture. If you outsource or if you subcontract, you can't always keep control of the great culture that you have. And that was so important to us. And so we went through a lengthy process of making that decision and then choosing the right employer of record. So I think Maggie, and we can all kind of talk about this a little bit about what sort of strategies did we use when choosing our employer of record and what strategies do we use for sourcing our great, amazing talent? And we do have an amazing team that we hired. And so what kind of went through, what was the process that we went through to get there? Oh, sure. I'd love to talk about that. So one of the things, you know, after we had decided that an EOR employer of record was the right route to take, it was important for us to uh, partner with a very trusted EOR uh, who had a solid reputation, had strong references, and had a real global uh, footprint. Because as Jenna and Sally have mentioned, we do have a team in the Philippines, but we want to expand beyond the Philippines. And so making sure that our EOR had a presence in other markets, nearshore or other offshore, was really important to us. Um, and then even further, that they then had an actual legal presence, that they weren't going through a partner, because we didn't want to go a partner through a partner and kind of lose that connection with our team members. Um, of course, compliance is very, very important. It's very important. And having someone with that legal and uh, HR expertise in those markets was just uh, paramount because you want to do things right. You want to focus on delivering an exceptional customer service. You don't want to have to know every labor law in 155 countries. That's what your EOR exactly. is for. I mean, I think that's a really good point. I mean, look, we're an outsourcer. So people outsource their customer service so they can focus on their core business. We've basically, with an EOR, right, Maggie, we're outsourcing payroll and labor, uh, labor laws and compliance yes. and things so we can focus on doing what we do best. So, exactly. yeah. Right. And then working with that right partner, it really allowed us then to source and find the best people because that's one of our strengths. And 
And so it was a little different when we're going globally of like, how do we find the best people? Sally mentioned that we strategically went into markets that had contact centers. And so there would be individuals who had done that work before. So that was important for us uh, that there was that experience um, in that area. And what we found in the Philippines were connections were so important. And so we started our strategy with going through our networks and saying, who do you know? Who can you introduce us to? Do you know someone you can introduce us to in building those relationships and trust? And once we then were able to identify our success leaders, what we call a first line manager, that we really leveraged his network, his connections to go out and then build our team. We knew community was so important. Um, and I think it really helped to build that, that team there. Yeah, I think that was really important. And I really like the point that, that Sally just made. Using an EOR is similar to what we do with outsourcing. We mm -hmm. outsource the compliance and the payroll so that we can focus on our area of expertise, which is why you would come to us. You can focus on your area of expertise <laughs> and we can handle your customer service. Uh, so one of the things we really wanted to not lose was our great culture. So I think that we've that was something we really wanted to consider as well. Um, so if we partnered with another company and they were using their employees, it was more their culture. So we wanted to make sure we have a very caring culture. We have a remote first culture and we wanted to make sure that we, we kept that um, and gave some of the great benefits of our culture to the team in the Philippines. So we wanted to make sure that we were offering a really great uh, pay rate, that we were offering people the opportunity to work remote and not have to commute. Um, I think someone on the team had been commuting multiple hours a day. And Two so, hours each yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. So then being able to work from home is really an amazing benefit. But we also understand that there are cultural differences between the U.S. and the Philippines. And so we also want to be sure that we're honoring that. We know that having in-person get-togethers is really important. It's important to us, too, but it's very important in the Philippines. Uh, that there is a lot of engagement and, and group get-togethers. So we want to keep the great parts of our culture and enhance that um, for the audience, for the team in the Philippines. Um, mm -hmm. We also uh, don't want to lose sight of our global mission, which is uplifting women. So we're also looking to partner with organizations in the Philippines that our team can work with and volunteer with uh, that uplift women in, in the local communities. And, you know, one thing we didn't talk about is we, even though, you know, we have remote, Sally said here, in 40 states. Well, in the Philippines, we could have gone in any province, but we strategically chose to stick within one region. Mm -hmm. And and that was for that uh, togetherness, to get together, to bond with each other. So, you know, that played into our factor of, of where we sourced and how we sourced. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really definitely important. Uh, we also mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that we gave our team in the U.S. training about the culture of the Philippines so that so that our team here would understand the, the differences between between their culture and between our culture and the similarities between their culture and our culture. And also giving our Philippines team some training about the U.S. so that they could understand. <laughs> Many of them had worked with U.S. companies before. Um, so I think now I want to kind of bring Liz into the conversation because you're the one who's really on the ground running this program with this team. And I just want to uh, hear from you about kind of what your reflections, your, your experience has been. 
Yeah, oh, thank you. Um, actually, you know, my experience has been nothing but positive. And I think that the highlights of this is that the agents that we hired um, are very much ready for that next level. We were looking for pe people to help us grow the the global expansion, right? So that's what we had in mind. And then the other thing that I would like to say is that the the, the team in the Philippines, they, they did struggle a little bit with our culture because they were so used to being told what to do, how to do it, and how to process things. And so when you ask them, well, what do you think? It, they almost took a step back and they felt a little overwhelmed, but overwhelmed in a good way. And so they had never been asked before. So what are your thoughts? How, what do you think we should do? How should we proceed? What's the best coaching for this person? What are some of the metrics that you want to look at and really hone in? Um, what KPIs do you feel would be important for this team to do well? And then the other thing is that I've noticed just a huge highlight is the time that it takes to onboard this team, right? So I think that one of the things is everybody's nervous about, you know, going offshore because it's a brand new team and they, they're so used to having a team that had been with them for such a long time that they were a little bit nervous about bringing on this team, right? They're like, well, how long is it going to take them? What's the learning curve? And this was all new to us, but I'm actually very happy about the progress that they have made in such a short amount of time, which is important, right? Um, because it has to be seamless to our customers and our clients. And that has been nothing but of our experience. And so our team has been on almost eight weeks and it's, I'm happy to report that they're actually excelling in performing at a consistent level that our team was before. So it's like, we didn't skip a beat, which was amazing. So Liz, I think it was really important how, and really um, important for the team, how you just said that you worked with the team to, dis to discuss like what, what metrics are important to you, what would be helpful to you. And we also, I'm, I'm people in culture, and we also met with the team when we were kind of writing our global handbook. Like what, mm -hmm. what would work for you? What makes sense for you? How could we word this so that, so that it is meaningful uh, to your team. So we didn't just give them our handbook. We kind of went through our policies and our processes and our procedures and made sure that it made sense to mm -hmm. our new team. I mean, I have experience uh, before in the prior company being acquired by a large global entity and there was no consideration for cultural training. Now they were based in Singapore mm -hmm. So it was the opposite. There was no sort of integration process for us from a cultural standpoint, which I think is so interesting. And, you know, to give the care, Liz, that you're talking about, I mean, that makes me happy because that's who we want to be in this world. And mm -hmm. great service comes from great people. It doesn't really matter where they live on the planet, yeah. but there's certainly a lot of consideration that goes into making everybody feel comfortable, respected, mm -hmm. their culture is respected and embraced. Um, so I think it's really, I'm very proud of everybody and what we've accomplished considering you know, it moved very quickly 
And, mm-hmm. and that service, which is what we're known for, hasn't skipped a beat, which is yeah. exciting. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing that I love the most is that, you know, working both sides is that I really didn't have to change the way I manage um, my team. I, it really, I still help them with their development. Where do you want to go? Where, where do you see yourself in five years or in three years? And, and that was important to me, right? Because I want them to continue to grow within the organization. And, you know, what are some of the challenges that they experience to help them with their development? And it's nice to see how open they are about that. Um, they're not used to that kind of um, conversation to have it's more about like oh you can do the job so let's move you to that next level you know you're excelling in performance let's move you to this next level and we're really considering the people factor right you know the human factor and and that's important and so it's nice to see that they have that and they are very appreciative of the way we do business so that was exciting too well, thank you. Thank you, everyone. That's been a really great conversation. And I think we've given everybody a lot to think about, about what, what you should consider um, when you're thinking about expanding globally. And definitely don't forget about your culture because it's critically important uh, to make sure that you, you keep your culture as you expand. So we like to uh, end the podcast each week talking about our culture and just giving a little tip that you can use in your own company. And so I wanted to focus this week on if you are expanding globally, a ways that you can bring your new global team and help them to feel included in your in your company. Uh, since we are remote, we do a lot of celebrating in our team's rooms. We just had a great a great um, Halloween celebration and we're about to have a holiday get together coming up. And so we were really thinking about ways that we could help our new, team members in the Philippines feel included as well. And so we have this idea to have our Philippines team uh, teach us about a cultural celebration or an aspect of a cultural celebration that's really important to them so that we can also be highlighting that in our team celebration rooms. And in the process, we can really be teaching the team here about a different aspect of a different culture. Um, So everyone's coming together and everyone's learning. And I think that will be a really good opportunity for our team to feel included uh, with our team here in the U.S., and it'll be a great learning opportunity for everyone. I love it. That's I'm great. Looking forward to that. It. Yes, to be continued. Um, so, thank you, Maggie and Sally, as always, for being great co-hosts, and thank you to Liz for joining us today. I think we had a really, a really great conversation. Um, if you want to learn more about us, you can visit our website, vipdesk.com. Um, you can learn more about our services. You can listen to old podcasts, read our blogs, and you can always reach out to us if you have any if you have any questions. So thank you to our listeners. Thank you to Maggie, Sally, and Liz. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye, you. all. Bye. Bye.